Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. God expects of a friend. And every day I pray that all of us will have integrity in our relationships with God. And that we will love God the way God loves us. And we will treat God with respect and dignity. I don't take the words I sing lightly. I am a friend of God. Just ponder on that a minute. <laughs> Ask yourself, where's the evidence? Ask yourself, how do you define friend? Ask yourself, am I doing your work, Lord? Ask yourself, am I attentive to your people, Lord? Ask yourself, am I showing up in the right places at the right time? Ask yourself in the midnight hour, have I done all I could today for the God I serve? Mm. I hope that is our testimony. And I hope that we're all telling the truth. I hope. I pray. Reverend Preston and my PGC family, we thank you. Thank our church family for all your expressions of sympathy. Everything you did brought a smile to our face, 
and warmed our hearts. We are so blessed to have a kind, wonderful family like you. May God forever bless you with his love, joy, and peace. Thanks so much, love, Aldine and Charlie Weaver. And we bless the Lord for Sister Aldine and we ask God for prayers for all of those and peace for those who have lost loved ones. If you wonder why I don't call names, I don't always call names of what has happened uh, with transitions because I don't always know. And I don't want to offend anyone by lifting up one person without the other. So we send out emails to remind the church of what is going on. Let us pray, most holy and everlasting God, what a day of worship this has been. Lord, you have shown up again at 1528 Davis Drive. And Lord, because we study your word, we know that the enemy is lurking around right now, seeing whom he can devour and take down. If the enemy can approach Jesus in the wilderness, and he's not afraid to approach us even in worship. So God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you release your Holy Ghost power. Give us an out-of-body experience so that we can look at ourselves spiritually with a magnifying glass and we can see who we are. We ask, O oh Lord, that worship will go forward and your anointing will fall fresh, not only on our praise team on the preacher but every person under the sound of my voice father i pray that you will usher all of us to your into your presence and we'll be able to put our phones down for just a minute we'll be able to think about you for just a minute oh god we'll be able to draw in our wandering minds and just give you a little praise honor and glory for who you really are so right now, we bind the enemy of distraction, we bind the enemy of defeat, and we bind anything that will come against your people. And it is in the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Don't you love it when Jesus said that if you love me, you will keep my commandments? Jesus said, if you love me, when I... I've been reading John chapter 14, Miss Margaret, over and over and over again. And I keep reading it because Jesus said a lot in few words. Jesus didn't always have to preach a long time to get his message across. He said that if you love me, the evidence is that you keep my commandments, plain and simple. Not the commandments of the world or the commandments of the church, but you keep my commandments. And then Jesus said, remind us that the greatest commandment of all is to love the Lord your God with not a piece of your heart, but all of your heart. How many of us can really say that God has all of our hearts? All your mind, not a piece of it, all of your mind your soul, and your strength. And then Jesus said, if you really, really, really want to show me that you love me, 
Love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you're eating filet mignon and an neighbor is eating fat back from Larry's Market, there might be some question about who you really love. Because Jesus wants us to give our best to everyone in his name. But sometimes we get stuck on giving Jesus leftovers. We give leftovers after we've done everything we want to do. We give God what's left. And it's time for us to rearrange our priorities according to not the pastor's word, but to God's word. Love me, God says, with all your soul, mind, strength, everything that you have. If a conditional clause on the condition of supposition that in the event that, if you have a complaint, write to the director. If you have a spiritual concern, call the pastor. If it's on condition that, provided that, presuming that, supposing that, assuming that, given that, with on the understanding of that, contingent upon that, in the event, if being a noun is a condition, famims, barbie, or supposition, uncertainty, doubt, there are many ifs and buts in the policy, we sometimes say. Sometimes we said there are no ifs, ands, and buts about it. Stipulation, provision, constraint. I think you get the picture. One of the best examples of love in the Bible, I think, is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Your assignment today is to read it slowly and absorb every word that it says. This chapter addresses the connection of our spiritual gifts with the love of God and our relationship with him. Where there is no relationship, there is no love. Because love is required to have a relationship. And that's why the Apostle Paul said, if that preposition, that supposition, that if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love. I'm only a resounding gong or a clinging symbol. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledges, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. Hear me, church. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, Reverend Tony, I gain nothing. Love is, Paul said, patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not honor, dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Ask yourself, do you really have the gift of love? Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. 
And then Paul goes on to say that love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. And where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what it is in part disappears. Paul went on to say, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away the childish things and put them behind me. For now, we see only a reflection as in a mirror. And then we shall see face to face. And he says, now I know in part then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain. Brother Brian, he said, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Why don't you read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 slowly? And I would ask you to give yourself a rating. And where do you stand in your love relationship with God? Where do you stand in your love relationship with Jesus? Where do you stand in your love relationship with the Holy Spirit? Only you really know that. Jesus said in Chapter 14, verse number 15, if you love me, absorb it slowly. If you love me, keep my commandments. Sounds kind of easy to me, doesn't it? If you love me, keep my commandments. I know a lot of us use that word at times. If you love me, you'll do this for me. If you love me, you'll do that for me. Some people have the nerve to say, if you love me, you ought to know what I want. You ought to know what I like. You ought to know what I don't like. And so it's time for us as a people to understand that love is not based on worldly definitions and dimensions. The love that we talk about in the flesh, and I plan to do a sermon on the types of love. I'm also going to do a sermon on what is love. How do you know it when you see it? What does it smell like? What does it look like? What is the aroma of love? In 1992, a book was published that took off like wildfire. Today it has sold more than 10 million copies and has been translated into 50 different languages and earned a spot on Amazon's top 100 best sellers of all times. The book is The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman. And I have couples who say they are in love and want to be married to read the book. As a counselor and a pastor, just Dr. Chapman describes five ways through which people receive love. We all receive love differently. Word number one, and again, you don't have to take all these notes. When I give you the 
uh, summary of my <laughs> series on love, I will put it in there. Number one, words of affirmation. Number two is touch. Number three, gifts. Number four, acts of service. And number five, quality time. What stood out most to me was the fact that everybody has a primary love language and every person has a new way or she receives love. In other words, what I'm saying is that if you love me, you know my love language and you know what moves me from one space to another within my heart. And then we understand the love language of a spouse. Can you imagine being married and you don't know your spouse's love language? That you're trying to figure things out day in and day out. Love language number one, words of affirmation. This person whose primary love language is words of affirmation would really feel love when you express your appreciation for the things that person has done and what it means to you. Number two is quality time to express love to a person whose primary love language is quality time. You would spend time with them doing nothing. I'm sure my pastor, Dr. Banisher's love language was quality time. He called my husband his do-nothing friend. Their quality time was they would sit together, watch games and say nothing. They would sit in the same room and watch a movie and say nothing. But they loved each other because they both had that love language. Or Pastor B had that love language, but they knew enough about each other to know that I can be here and get some quality time. You ever been talking to somebody and you know they've already left the conversation and gone on to something else? Have you ever been talking to someone and they're looking all around and totally distracted and you know they haven't heard a word you said? If you're a quality time person, then you shut down because you know they're not listening. So what difference does it make? You ever had your spouse say, wait, I need to tell you something and it's really urgent. Do you have a minute? You say, no, I'll get back to you when I do. Do you know the love language? Some people like receiving gifts. And that person is someone who loves languages, receiving gifts, and it might feel love when you get them, send flowers or something. But in other words, if you love me, give me something to show me you appreciate me. If you love me, then you would give me gifts and let me know that I'm in your thoughts. And some people get gifts and they don't value them at all because it's not their love language. They don't care about gifts. They want you to give them words of affirmation. The fourth one, actually I'm going to skip the fourth one because I have to pick on somebody about that. The fifth one is physical touch. Sometimes people want to hold hands, they want to hug and they want to kiss and even give a few, you know, pats on the back. And these are the ways of expressing that you love someone. Well, if your love language is physical touch and you are with someone who never touches or never hugs or never shows compassion, then it's unlikely that that relationship is going to last. And number four is acts of service. And I'm going to ask my husband of 44 years and six months to come here because he's going to help me with this. I discovered my husband's love language. 
I thought it was, I thought, all right, you, I need you over there, honey, and we, we, over here by these chairs, okay, I'll give you, yeah, I'll give, and so you just stand by the chair over there, not that one, the next one, and I'll let you know your assignment, thank you, honey. Love, acts of love, washing the car, any women in here, you just want your husband to take your car to the car wash, vacuum it, bring it back, and then you would know that they are madly in love with you. You just want your husband to clean out the garage and get rid of all that stuff in there that you don't need. But I found out something really neat about my husband. His love language is acts of service, Deacon Keith. And he takes it seriously. If you've ever gone out to eat with my husband, he's serious about his food. He does not share. We are both old. So I said to him that at a certain point in life, Bacon, old people go out and share because they're senior citizens and you know, you don't eat as much as you used to. He said, you make up your mind about all that yourself. This is my food and I'm not sharing. So because I got that, he said, order your own food and then what's left? And so he sits like this at the table in case you say, I want to just try one of your shrimp. No, order your own shrimp. I go, okay. But the illustration that I have here is that my husband's love language is acts of service. He loves food. He loves good food. He loves food that I prepare for him. Didn't I realize years ago that that was his love language because I had not read the book. But finally I figured it out, Reverend Leslie. And I discovered that he reacts differently when I do different things with his food. Chair number one, I want you to open that tray. No, no, number one's over here, sweetheart. No, 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 over there, behind you. That's number one. Mm -hmm. You got to use your Holy Ghost imagination. All the food has been cooked and it's in the refrigerator. I leave the plate, Ruth, on the stove. So you get what you want, when you want it, okay? He's in there watching the 49ers, talking to himself, shouting to himself, and he's not ready to eat yet because it's not halftime. So halftime, he goes into the kitchen, Hetty, and he sees the empty plate, and then he puts it back on the stove. You can put that, the empty plate. He opens the refrigerator and all you hear out of the room is, I can't find anything. I don't understand where the rice is. Where is this? He's in there fussing in the kitchen because his love language is acts of service. And if you really loved me, you would have put this food on a plate for me as an illustration number two, you just ought to hear him when he's in there, Valerie. He's in there saying, I can't find this. And then he slams the refrigerator. And then he said, I don't know why she does this to me. And I'm all that listening going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And example number two, he walks in the kitchen and he lifts this plate and it's covered with the microwavable dish. He looks at it, look at it. His body language changes. He looks at the food and he goes, I know she loves me. She put it on the plate for me. 
And then he has the nerve to say that it doesn't taste the same, honey, if you don't put it on the plate. So you may sit down, Deacon Jay, whose love language is acts of service. Now, he has convinced himself that if I don't put that food on the plate, it doesn't have the same taste and texture. And I say to him all the time, if I go to see God before you, you will be married in six months. Because it's going to be a casserole or a pound cake or some oxtails or neck bones that are going to get you carried away. And I said to him, in all honesty, just, Ava, just give me six months of respect because I already know what's happening. Can I get a witness? Just give me six months of respect, and then you can say whatever you want to say. And whoever you in love with, you can say, yeah, she was all right, but baby, you make the best casserole in town. There is an instrument on the Internet you can go there and you can find the questionnaire for the five love languages. I would advise you to go online and get the questionnaire. Find out what is the love language of the people you say you love. And if you want to be more efficient, <laughs> I don't have a lot of time. So I just cook ahead. You know what I'm saying? I do the turnip greens and mustard greens, and I have my stuff on hold in the freezer because I don't have time, and I'm trying to stay happily married. Did you know that God also has a love language? There's one primary way he receives love from you and one from me, and that which touches his heart, and that is when we embrace the words of Jesus and we do what we have been commanded. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's John 14, 15. And then Jesus said in John 14, 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them is who loves me. I don't have to know or ask you whether or not you love Jesus. I can see it in your behavior. I can see it in your response. And Jesus said in John 14, 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Why does the pastor always say we need to study? Because how can you keep the Lord's word if you don't know what the Lord said? How can you keep the Lord's word if you're not in the word? And so you see Jesus said this three times, if you love it, because what love does is love wraps everything up. Love allows you to forgive people. It's love that allows you to say, Thank you. It is love that allows you to care about others around you. It is only the love of God that moves you out of self into selflessness so that you can serve. But that's not the world's model. The world tells us something different. That we can do as little as we want and God's going to love us anyway. Jesus, notice he did not say, if you love me, worship me. If you love me, you will serve me. If you love me, you will read and know the Bible. If you love me, you will give financially to support the work of the church. And Jesus was clear, and this is God's love language. That's actually a book that's also called God's love language. 
And if you want to know what God really thinks about love and what God's love language and how it should be expressed, it's in the book. I have discovered that Jesus, over 28 times in the Gospels, he commands his followers to listen to him and do what he says. It's not negotiable. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So obedience is a big deal to Jesus. But we see it as an option. The beauty of this sermon is that I ask God to give me reflection on how I stand with him and love. I ask God to give me reflection on my obedience as the pastor of this house. God answered me a couple of days ago. And God uh, said, you need to tell the truth. I have been disobedient. I have been disobedient because I don't call people out. I've been disobedient because I don't use the pulpit to tell on people. I've been disobedient because there are people who make commitments and they don't show up and I get to do the heavy lifting. I've been disobedient because I have not called names. I've called some to my husband and I've shared because I want him to pray for me. I've been disobedient because I'm not a confrontational person. And sometimes my demeanor allows people to think that I'm not a strong person, that I don't have feelings and emotions. I've been disobedient because I don't tell you who does not support the church financially. I have been obedient in that we studied stewardship a whole year. I have been disobedient because I don't tell you how I'm treated. I've been disobedient because I don't tell you that I don't work 70 hours a week, sometimes 80 a week because I want to. I have to cover things that people don't do. So I had to confess that I have been disobedient. And I had to ask God, how do you want me to respond to this? I'm never, 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 never going to sacrifice my integrity as a person of God to make people look bad. My assignment is to get all of us in the presence of God. My assignment is to be a model of love so that you can love the unlovable. My assignment is to be able to love the untouchable so that you can do it. I never forget when I was a new pastor in the old church, and there was a person who was sick. And I was going to see this person. And another person in the congregation said to me, you know they don't like you. You know they didn't vote for you. 
and you still gonna go over there and pray with them? I was with that person when they died. I sat by that bed and prayed because that's the commitment I made to God. I'm not gonna just love those who love me. I'm gonna love the unlovable because that's my assignment. In my 23 and half years here, I never shared with the church my side of the story. But I will say that it's not always what you think. And I will say that if you want to bless me and show me that you love me, show up. Do what you say. Show up. Study the word. Show up. And let your commitment reign supreme. Show up with the love of Jesus Christ and follow his commandments. Last week was one of the best weeks that I have ever had. Last Sunday after church, I went home, changed clothes, wanted to rest a minute, and I went to see one of my favorite people. And while visiting that person, I had such joy. I, I was just in having an out-of-body experience. You ever had that experience that you're so caught up in that moment of being able to touch someone you love and being able to see them eye to eye? And I talked with that person, and we had such a wonderful visit. And when I returned home, it was about 8.30. I get up on Sundays at 5 o'clock, if not earlier. But my whole point of this story is that love takes you places that you've never been before. And when we begin to love like Jesus, we begin to impact lives. When we begin to love like Jesus, we care about those around us. When we begin to love like Jesus, saving one person is just important as saving 10,000. When we love like Jesus, we care about those with diseases. When we love with Jesus, we make sacrifices to feed the hungry and, and to give to the needy. When we love with Jesus, we give up some of our desires clothes while we send people to darkest ministries. Nothing wrong with going to darkest. But a lot of times we have what's already in darkest. We just need to go and share what God has given us. When we love like Jesus, we stand in this July sun and give food to people as they drive by and never complain. When we love Jesus, we work into the midnight hour and the work is done with no expectations. When we love Jesus, we rise up early in the morning and we check in for duty. When we love Jesus, we ask Jesus, show us my limitations. Show me my faults. Show me how I can be more like you. Nobody will say amen. You see what I'm saying? This is not an indictment. It's just what the Jesus said in the word. 
want to get upset, call on Jesus. You want to have an attitude, call on Jesus. If you want to get an attitude, what you ought to do is see what the Word says and then ask yourself, do I measure up? Another confession I have is that I realize I waste food because I don't eat as much as I used to. My husband doesn't eat as much as he used to. So what I start doing, I'm intentional now that I give excess food that I have to people who can't do for themselves. When you love Jesus, you go out of your way. Everything's not convenient. When you love Jesus, you get tired. When you love Jesus, you don't count the hours. When you love Jesus, you go into overtime. And when you love Jesus, the environment around you will change. And you will be like the Apostle Paul and be able to say, and the greatest of these is love. The greatest gift that you can give is love. But first of all, make sure that it is authentic. Make sure that it is biblically sound. And make sure that Jesus can say, amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. The doors of a church are open. The doors of a church are open. If anyone on today has heard this message and would like to and have made a decision to give their lives to our Lord and Savior, today's your day. If you want to experience that true love that Pastor was speaking about, that enduring love, that agape love, that Jesus love, and just make a decision today that, yes, Lord, I want to start fresh. I want to be renewed. I want to give my life to you. Today's that day. Now, if you're able to make that conscious decision that you want to be renewed in the Holy Spirit and into Jesus. Just come forward, and our deacons here in the front will show you and help you on that path to Christian discipleship. If you want to be washed with all your sins washed away, let's have a totally brand new life in Christ. Come forward. We will baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ and also show your path to his righteousness and his word. You. I love you. It's just a matter of saying, Lord, I love you today. I love you on today. And that's why we open up the doors of the church because someone needs love and would like to show love. That's why I praise you. And by saying I love you, Lord, that is the first step. And I magnify your name. For those streaming online in the sound of my voice, you can also experience that true love of Jesus Christ. And starting fresh in his name and in his word. 
Just admit that you are a sinner and would like to be saved on today. If you believe in the Lord Jesus, believe that he died and rose on the third day for your sins. With your heart and mind. And if you confess with your heart and mind that he is Lord of all, on today, you will be saved. And for those streaming online, if you have made that conscious decision to start fresh, to start anew, send us an email. Go to our website. Send us an email. Write salvation in the subject line. And someone will contact you and put you on the right path. That's why I praise you. The doors are open. I lift you up. Husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, daughters, sons. All in the sound of my voice can come forward. That's why my heart is filled yes. with praise. We just start by singing a song. My heart, my, my mind, my mind, my soul. My soul belongs to you. You pay the price. You pay the price for me. Way back, way back on Calvary. That's why I praise you. Lift you up. I lift you up. And I, and I magnify your name. That's why my